0: Welcome to Minisode 62 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm
1: Midge Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I'm Andy Stewart, slimy guy. (laughs) How are you my friend? I'm okay, Uh, as you might have noticed I'm covered in paint. I did spot that, yeah, yeah, Yeah. you've been uh, getting your DIY on? I have been, yeah, I'm uh, Mr. Home Proud this weekend, I've done the garden changed the light fitting in the ceiling and uh, yeah, I've been slapping around the paint.
0: You know what? I'm not just saying this. When I was waiting for you to answer the door when I turned up today, I just had a look down to my right and I was like, that looks like some freshly rotated earth.
1: And uh, you might have noticed uh, I've planted some uh, some plants along there. Uh, lovely, <laughs> lovely. Along the of the house. Uh, there's, uh, <laughs> there's some dahlias there and there's some jasmine there. Fantastic, <laughs>
0: fantastic, wonderful. <laughs> Aside from that, how have you been? I've been okay, I've been well. Good. Yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, yourself? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Pretty busy as always. I have managed to squeeze in some viewing though, have you?
1: A couple of things. Okay, go on. I took delivery of a film that we've both seen. Okay. Arrow Video's Blu-ray release of Jonas Ackerland's Lords of Chaos. Yeah! <laughs> uh, and it was really cool to go back and watch it because I... Full disclosure here, Mitch... I don't know if you feel the same, but when we watched *Lords of Chaos* at the cinema at Glasgow Fright Fest, yes, it was after our live show, uh huh, and I'd had a few cans of lager, and I think it might have impaired my appreciation, my maybe viewing a little bit, and, okay, and, and okay, my recollection. Don't get me wrong. I thought it was still great, uh-huh. but I certainly watched it again with some uh, some clarity. Okay, <laughs> I could maybe
0: benefit from that as well. I don't. I don't know if it was necessarily that I was like particularly drunk when we would watched it or anything. Mm-hmm. But I had had a couple of beers, and also I think that like you might remember that it was all quite frantic at the end. We changed out of our camp barrowak uniforms. Uh, threw the ball in a bag and pretty much left the place and walked straight down the road into the theatre, sat down and the phone came on.
1: Yeah, and then there was the weird interruption where someone got ill in the middle saying so someone had a seizure or something.
0: Yeah, so I think like you kind of race in from that, your head's kind of still racing a little bit, uh, head also swimming a little bit. <laughs> swimming
1: in red stripe. <laughs>
0: and um, uh, yeah, then that happened as well. So I could probably stand to give it a rewatch as well. I think it's on Amazon Prime actually, uh, just now. But yeah, so how did it hold up on rewatch for right you
1: then? Ah, oh, excellent.
0: Yeah? Yeah. You got more out of it, do you think?
1: And I, I think I enjoyed it more. I think I enjoyed it more because there wasn't that same level of intensity that was prevalent in the cinema. Yeah. Plus, obviously, there was like I just said, the incident with the guy falling out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that puts a weird tinge on stuff.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Um,
1: but yeah, I, I love that. I, I think it's great
0: yeah it's a great film
1: tip of the hat again to Dan Martin because it's fucking disgusting yeah
0: oh yeah when that film needs to grime up it does it with yeah, uh, a bit of style yeah,
1: definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah really great stuff
0: uh, anything else? Uh, Midsummer. oh <laughs> getting yourself out to the cinema uh,
1: yeah uh, loved it
0: okay yeah
1: mm-hmm. um, preferred it to hereditary did you? I did. did you? I think I I'm
0: gonna need a second watch to decide which side of the line I come up for uh, on that one but yeah okay tell me more
1: I thought it was incredibly funny very
0: funny very um, funny surprisingly so
1: yeah I know those I think everyone's right to be piling the plaudits on Florence Pugh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah she's great uh, also great Will Poulter yeah with a mm-hmm. mention I generally think Will Poulter's pretty good
0: agreed yeah yeah
1: I'm still always a little bit sad we never got to see his Pennywise because he was cast for quite a long time yeah I think that would have um, been interesting that would have been interesting but hey Bill Skarsgård we can touch on that as well
0: yeah yeah, a couple of a couple of big horror news things this week actually that we can maybe yeah. uh, we can touch on later. But yeah, no, um, I agree. I th- I think Midsummer's fantastic, and um, again, I think that a lot of the violence or the kind of gore in it is very incidental and kind of just kind of tossed off. Yeah, but it's yeah. so nasty.
1: Uh, very much is. <laughs> but
0: yeah, I think I'm kind of just I'm kind of. Hardline in to watch anything that Ari Aster does pretty much uh, forever now. I think.
1: Yeah, I think I'm kind of the same. I think I gravitate more towards Midsummer as a as a Wicker Man guy. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense.
1: But uh, yeah, really, really liked it. I can climb on the the hype bandwagon now and tell people to go and see it.
0: Cool. Um, <laughs> I might, I might when the, when this comes out in home release, I might have a really nihilistic double bill of Hereditary and and, uh, and mid-summer. midsummer. Yeah, Jesus between the hours Christmas. of like six and ten forty-five or something, if you back to back uh, them. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I roll,
1: and then go into your work. Yeah, <laughs> just completely despondent. Yeah. <laughs> totally bereft of emotion. <laughs> exactly. Is that a lot then? No. Uh, it's, more than, pretty much. Well, we, it's, it's two yeah. good ones though. I
0: had um, one old, one new this well, week. Okay, um, okay. Let's
1: go back in time then. Let's start with the old.
0: Yeah, so one that I've spoken about before on here, I think you have as well, but not for ages. I was I was watching a film this week with my flatmate Tara. Right, sure. Who mm-hmm. likes a lot of horror, but has not seen as much stuff from the last couple of years, and we were just kind of cycling through Netflix looking for something to check out. Uh-huh. And uh, she hadn't seen Ghost Stories.
1: Oh, right, okay, brilliant. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Which, uh, so we watched that. I kind of insisted that we watched that when I realized that she hadn't seen it. That gets it. Uh, which went, it went down well, um, right, she enjoyed yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I think that I think it merits and second mention because it rewards repeated viewings so much. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've watched it a handful of times now since I got the Blu-ray. And uh, in fact, I watched it on Netflix as well, just the other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just didn't mention that, by the way. <laughs> so you <laughs> yeah. just actually reminded me that I actually watched uh, Ghost Stories just the other day. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, uh, it's it's cool to pick up all the little hints and clues yeah. uh, it's, in advance.
0: It's incredibly rewarding, I think, on multiple watches. Also, uh, don't want to get too spoilery, but I just had one moment of clarity about the ending. Right. Um, just something, and it was like something really minor uh, that really freaked me out oh right and, okay. um, you can turn me off here just yeah,
1: uh, to yeah. avoid uh, further unnecessary spoilers than we generally give out anyway <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so. and the new was uh, kind of horror it's um, uh,
0: the David Harbour thing on Netflix that we talked about last week uh, Frankenstein's Monsters Monster Frankenstein
1: oh yeah yeah, I saw that Yeah, I, I know you mentioned it but then I actually saw it on there and, and I realised fuck it's only 30 minutes long
0: yeah weird one like it's a yeah it's a half hour one off thing um, and it's basically yeah David Harbour uh, the actor best known these days as a hopper from stranger things or hellboy or hellboy yeah um depending on your level of sadomasochism <laughs> um but yeah like um it's basically about this he's playing a fictionalized version of himself exploring his father putting on kind of like teleplays Right. And him kind of unearthing family secrets along the way. You know the Mark Kermode rule about if you have six laughs, your comedy is like proper laughs, your comedy is successful. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Your comedy film. Frankenstein's Monster's Monster Frankenstein hits that comfortably in half an hour. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like, in (laughs) fact, it probably hits it in the first 10 or 15 minutes. I really, really like this. It's really, really unusual. Like a really strange idea, really nicely done. David Harbour's brilliant in it. like plays his his own dad in like archive footage. Right. And um, so game for a laugh. It's really, really fun. Excellent. Yeah, can't recommend Isn't, it. Enough. Have you
1: watched uh, Stranger Things 3 yet?
0: No, I have decided that when we are done here, I'm going to watch at least the first two. Ah, right, okay. Um, I've got some cool. stuff to do cool. this afternoon, but I think that I'm going to do some of it and then I'm going to reward myself for the Stranger Things episode and then do some more and then reward myself with another one.
1: Okay, that's nice. That's a nice thing to do. Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: Um, so I wonder
1: what Marowab will be for all the work I've done this weekend.
0: Mm, anything in mind?
1: Um, Pizza. <laughs> I'm a man of simple pleasures. It's you true. sure are. Simple pleasures, simple tastes. So.
0: Uh, yes, moving we something on. Doo 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 doo
1: doo doo doo. And I did this week. Um, <laughs> one well, There was o- a bit of doubt uh, at the start of the, the last episode. Whether or not you would make it, because you certainly hadn't by that point, but you have, you've turned it around. Yeah, and um, fr- Friday, I watched it kind of half uh, Friday night, half
0: Saturday morning. Right, uh, back to nineteen fifty nine. I don't need to know your time skills, but thanks. Mm, well, you know, I just like like uh, it was the Tingler.
1: Ah, right, okay, yeah.
0: Um, so I I really like this. That was really um, uh, like really strange, not like many things that I had seen before, because obviously I haven't seen very much stuff from this era. Also occurred to me when I was watching this that like I've seen very little Vincent Price as well. Okay. So that was kind of fun as well. But I think that like uh, I really liked uh, everything about it, it's like the way it was presented. I liked the director coming out and talking, breaking the fourth wall at the start.
1: There's uh, actually two amazing uh, William Castle box sets out just now, volume one, volume two, from Indicator. Okay. Um, and they're really cool, really, really good. The Tingler's included in one of the volumes. So, cool. cool. Um, I think there's four in each. But nice, uh, nice. They're really, really, really good.
0: Yeah, I thought Tingler was super fun. Really liked it. Yeah. So. Wonderful. <laughs>
1: Have they been
0: singing? Oh, that was very street.
1: <laughs> I'm so urban. <laughs>
0: I like that plenty. Uh so feedback time and um unsurprisingly a whole load of stuff this week about Jason goes to hell. And with that I suppose we should say thank you to uh the director of the Perished, Mr Paddy Murphy, for joining us this past week to talk about that film with us. and um, also um just uh, I see that the times have been announced for Frightfest. So we did say that we would do this. Yes. Uh give this a mention. So individual tickets for films at Frightfest are now on an sale. And um the Perished shows on the Monday, August twenty sixth, in the second Discovery screen in the Prince Charles.
1: At what time? At 3:30 p.m. 3:30 p.m. Yeah, just taking you nicely up to dinner.
0: Exactly. So I'm. Um, yeah, I've. Uh, I've. I've been doing my scheduling this week. And um, I saw
1: that. I saw you put something on your. Uh, on your Instagram, I tried to squint a little bit to see what you were picking and what you had. What you'd chosen.
0: Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm pretty much there. But I can tell you, I'm, I'm going to see the pet. I'm getting. to We're go, going to go check that out.
1: Okay. Okay. I'm going to uh, annoy party for a screener. <laughs>
0: fair play. Fair play. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, a whole load of stuff incoming. Yeah. Ron Jason goes to hell this week. Um, Is almost, that where we're starting
1: then? We're starting I with Jason. Th-
0: I think day we day. may as well, yeah. Um, so, first off, uh, Frightfest themselves, once again, um, being cool, giving us a little shout out on Twitter. Thanks. Uh, yeah, yeah, It's cool. Guys. Um, and obviously, yeah, taking a minute as well to mention, um, Paddy's film The Perish, it, having its world premiere at Fright
1: of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, I'm going to stay on Twitter. Scared Sheepless, Caitlin, getting in touch to say, mm-hmm. Enjoyed the latest Strong Violent PC. The presence of the Necronomicon, which, if you've listened to the episode, you might know that it was a bonus in contention. I think for all of us... All three of us, yeah. ...that the Necronomicon from The Evil Dead makes an appearance. The presence of the Necronomicon reminded me that there seemed to be a Freddy versus Jason versus Ash movie being spoken about at one point. I think they did a comic in the end. Still not sure how that concept would have worked. I believe that is the case, that they did in fact do a comic book oh, really? in the end. Yeah, I have no idea how it pans out and who they... I can only assume that Ash is the eventual winner. I mean, I'd like to think so. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I have no idea how it plays out. Feel free to get in touch and let us know. And thank you, Caitlin, for getting in touch.
0: Yeah, yeah, good show. Um, <laughs> we had um, Salter Popcorn, Kevin, on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, getting in touch. He said, not too far into this episode of Strong Violent PC with Paddy Bays this week, and already imagining Creighton Duke versus Pleatherface, Creighton <laughs> Duke versus Michael Byers, <laughs> and Creighton Duke versus Hookie B Man get this made asap be- oh, ca- candy man right yeah. <laughs> okay um so i couldn't resist joining in with this because this this is uh this format really pleased me so i chipped in with uh, creighton duke versus specter face uh creighton juice versus coping saw right okay and uh creighton juice versus Stankin
1: stankenfrine right okay yeah
0: uh-huh. um and yeah he just kept on battering in creighton duke versus hubert east resurrector
1: right <laughs>
0: Craven Duke, uh, Duke versus Small Irish Imp. Right, yep, yep. Craven Duke versus the ghoul of the classic and overdone musical. Is that the
1: Phantom of the Opera? Uh, yes, it? presumably. <laughs> so,
0: uh, so there you go. Enough, uh, more than enough to uh, launch our Crate and Juke Multiverse uh, series
1: yep uh, Netflix get in touch uh, we will give you all our uh, contact details towards the end of this episode
0: yeah <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there are loads of ways you can get in touch we'll tell you about them in a while loads of stuff still to go on uh, Jason Goes to Hell Canal, uh, new person hi at Colac on uh, Twitter Made the point, uh, or kind of pointed out, we were talking about shared universes. Yeah. With this yeah. one. And he said the 2009 Friday the 13th film and the Transformers film are set in the same universe. The character Trent DeMarco, played by
1: Travis Van Winkle, appears in both. Right, okay. Travis Van Winkle's a total ass in both of them. So yeah, I guess that makes sense.
0: Um, He's Megan Fox's dickhead boyfriend in Transformers and goes on to be murdered by Jason Voorhees in Friday the 13th. He does. So yeah. there you go.
1: Yeah. Wow, okay. Quite Dave, like that. Dave Cooper, at Deluxe underscore man. Actually. From Violent PC, researching Jason X, mm-hmm. not necessarily Jason Goes to Hell. I suppose, uh, I suppose, yeah. Certainly franchise-related. Uh, uh, it's not a good film at all, but my God, is it fun. you agree with that, Mitch?
0: Um, I think there's probably an element of truth to that. Boz <laughs> might disagree.
1: <laughs> Why did nearly every horror franchise always end up in space? Even Leprechaun did, as did Critters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um... I don't know, it just feels like the last desperate gasp of a dying franchise, really.
0: Yeah. To me. Um, If in doubt, throw it in a rocket.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Ross McIntyre, sane underscore man. Uh, Just watched Jason Goes to Hell and want to say I enjoyed it. Okay. (laughs) But? The last 25 minutes are batshit mental. I nearly cried when Stephen pulls off jumping over his handcuffs and Ward has been warned by his mum not to shoot his dick off.
1: Wise words indeed. Bring on Friday. Right, yeah, yeah. Dennis x yeah. at Den's Beans. Brilliant chat. Oh, thanks. I will never again be able to see that shaving scene without thinking about the conversation about the moustache conundrum. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was something of a, a game changer. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the moustache paradox.
0: Yeah. Chloe Besley. Yeah. getting in touch uh, chugsparina25 on twitter uh, just showing off about the fact that yet another film that she's seen
1: oh, she's getting so boastful
0: yeah hitting a little hot streak with these thanks for getting in touch chloe <laughs>
1: um, uh, horror
0: in a tweet at horror in a tweet ah uh, yes new person as of last week but regular contributor now so thank you
1: for that yes thank you and welcome aboard uh, getting in touch to see this episode is hilarious ah, thanks. Well, yeah thanks I love the assumption that duke versus jason had been nine films in the making <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd seen the movie paddy based did I think I think we all would prefer to go into it with that kind of youthful naivety. Can't yeah. imagine what that's like. <laughs> yeah, that's your whole life. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just kind of bumble around like a character from a Disney film, just like with cartoon <laughs> buds around you. Um, <laughs> horror in a tweet isn't done though. Uh, he says, "I'll give Marcus this. He didn't play it safe, and the movie definitely has a nutty charm. And had he had more experience, it could have been cool. But he introduced way too much too late in the series: the sister and the enchanted knife, etc." Heard the recent Christmas movie was fun. Uh, I- Presumably, they are uh, referring to Secret Santa. Yeah, um, a couple of things there. Then, I for one
0: thing, I think that what he said there about the uh, about Jason goes to hell, I pretty much agree with. I think that it's like a a kind of manful attempt to do something different. Um, where you could have totally gotten away with not doing that, uh-huh. and I think there's room for praise there. But I think that I completely agree with what he's saying. I think that like it piles on too much mythos, and a lot of it feels kind of superfluous. True, but yeah. uh, but definitely like I mean, I think that being 23. And doing that is insane, and I think that there's a lot to be said for the ambition of the thing, regardless of whether or not it kind of works all the way.
1: <laughs> no doubt, and uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more.
0: And um, yeah, like you say, presumably the film that he's referring to, the recent Christmas one, is Adam Marcus's uh, Secret Santa. Yeah, <laughs> it just a Fright Fest classic. Last year, have you
1: seen that? Yeah, I've seen it. Do you yeah. like yeah, it? Yeah, I've got it. On, I've got it on DVD somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm, yeah, like I think it's like
0: it's an exceptionally bad taste, like exceptionally bad taste at times. Yeah. but I thought it was very,
1: very funny. Speaking of exceptionally bad taste, uh, just quickly, something else I forgot to watch this week. I revisited Puppet Master: The Littlest Right. I still haven't seen it because it's out. Still, the wrong time uh, in my life to be watching that. <laughs> play. <laughs> Andrew Martin's Callahan yes, getting in oh. touch. Uh,
0: he was uh, he was uh, well up for this episode. Uh, just said, "Woohoo! Looking so forward to the Jason Goes to Hell episode." Friday the Thirteenth fans might hate this, but uh, Jason Goes to Hell was amongst my top three in the franchise. Ooh. Is it a clusterfuck? Yes, but far from the copy and paste formula of most of the franchise, and the FX work is awesome.
1: The FX work is pretty strong. I will, yeah. I will give the film that. Excellent melting stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, among other cool things.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am kind of getting to the back end of my Jason Goes to Hell stuff. but I, think uh,
1: I might be wiped out on Jason here.
0: Uh, more people stepping in to support it as well. A lot of people coming out of the cracks um, to uh, shout up in favour of Jason Goes to Hell. Not least James Plum. <laughs> I remember getting this the day it came out on VHS. I was not what I was expecting from a Friday the 13th movie, but I loved every second of it. So it seems like whether or not people like the film, a lot of people kind of have time for the fact that it was trying so hard yeah. to set itself apart from the others, which is cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, no problem at all. Now, I think the rest of the feedback I've got here and it's just uh, thumbing through it, are people incredulous at the fact that you just watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre?
0: Yes, um, I did have a feeling that this might, uh, th- this might come back and get me, and it has, uh, in very, very serious style this week. Um, a lot of tweets come coming in about the fact that um, I only saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre for
1: the first time last week. Yeah. Stevie! Yeah! After- and Stevie getting in touch to say, this is still me, just over 24 hours after hearing about Watch Files, Mitch and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Wish I had been in the room when he watched it, and it's an incredulous gif of Alison Brie. Ah, always nice. Kim Morrison at Wicked Sister 69, weighing in, catching up with Strong Violent PC as I was off work yesterday. Hope everything's okay. Uh, mm, no could have good. just been annual leave, in which case we have been Over, um, the, over at Warriors for no uh, reason. I hope you enjoyed your holiday. Uh <laughs> Mitch, how in the ever-loving fuck had you not seen The Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I am shocked to my core. Oh, wow. No judgment, just not sure how you've avoided it until now. Good question.
0: I think that being, I think that it's a it's a low bar for being shocked to the core, but I understand your surprise. <laughs> like, um, even by my standards, I'd admit it's a bad one. Pretty wild. Pretty egregious. Yeah. Dan Gaskell also getting in touch saying, I saw it on disc first, then in a cinema. The cinema viewing of Texas Chainsaw Massacre was a totally different experience for me. It was almost like watching it for the first time. Have you seen it in the cinema?
1: I have seen it in the cinema. Did you yeah. find? Did you find it better, worse, different? I find it much more of an assault. Okay, I can understand that. Yeah, it's harder to escape the kind of last twenty minutes or so, mm-hmm. and you can't pause it.
0: Yeah, you, can, you can't go outside for a bit.
1: <laughs> well, you can. <laughs> no one's keeping you there. Right? That is true.
0: Um, I have a couple other things, uh, but they're they're kind of incidentals. They're kind of just the kind of odds and sods. Yeah, fire away. Caitlin Downs got in touch uh, about the mini-sode from last week. Right. Um, obviously, that had marked the first time in a couple of weeks where we'd had a mini-sode where we were both in the same room.
1: That is nice. It's preferable.
0: It's better. Uh, Caitlin gets in touch saying, thoroughly enjoyed the downright giddiness of Andy and Mitch being <laughs> in the same room for Strong and PC. <laughs> Great way to start on Monday. Thank you. And uh, also, uh, if you are on our Twitter, you may have seen that this week Andy posted um, the pictures of both myself and himself. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> have been given the face app treatment
1: yeah uh. yeah joining the, the the ranks of everyone uh, <laughs> who, who,
0: who have auctioned off their personal data to the highest bidder by using Face Hat
1: yep um, and
0: uh, Stevie got in touch with something that really made me laugh um, right, on okay. Twitter um, he said episode 666 of Strong Violent PC the guys chat about the Howard the Duck sequel when Mitch finally completes the Shotwaves 100
1: <laughs> I do feel like I've aged about 40 years since you started this <laughs> Shotwaves 100 thing um, not a word on that I'm gonna I'm gonna get a, like,
0: I'm gonna do an inventory this week I've yeah, been meaning to do it for weeks a, and weeks been this like, um, your words are meaningless. That's true. I'm, <laughs> just, I'm all empty promises. One last thing. Uh, Color hand again, Andrew Martins. Right, okay. Um,. <laughs> a couple of people have been weighing in on this over the last couple of weeks i have been quite enjoying it because obviously we've been talking about the fact that uh, sometimes by necessity I have been watching these films on public forums Sure,
1: yeah, Bosses, um, yeah, trains yeah. yeah,
0: led to things like me watching Slugs in the pub one time Right uh, yeah. When a glass collector walked past right as somebody was getting his face melted off Brilliant um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre on a train sure, Like a sure. crowded commuter train, I was standing There was people all around, all around It was the last 20 minutes I was train watching Chainsaw
1: Massacre <laughs> <laughs>
0: But Andrew Martin's joining in, saying, uh, Since watching films in inappropriate places is now a thing, I watched The Night Comes for Us while doing cardio at the gym. The lady next to me did not like the butcher shop fight somehow. Oh,
1: Jesus Christ, no. (laughs) That's
0: that's a a deeply unpleasant film.
1: Wow, yeah, yes, yeah.
0: yeah. When I first read this, I thought that he meant It Comes at Night. And I was wow. like, oh, like I was like, yeah, that's a really bad film to exercise to because like nothing happens in that film for really long periods of time.
1: Yeah, but when in actual fact he means Timothee Chalamet's recent film. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is incredibly violent <laughs> <laughs> for long stretches of its runtime. Yeah, but like, f-
0: fair play, fearlessly get that out in public. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Something to be said for that. So. <laughs> It is once again time for Mitch's Pitches. Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. And mine. (laughs) Yeah. While we're recording, Andy will send a picture to my phone. It will be a poster from a horror film from years gone by. He will have photoshopped out the title and the tagline, any identifying text. All that will be left will be the image It will fall to me to uh, describe the image to the best of my ability. And, where possible, give the film both a title and a synopsis. We will put this all over our social media so you can play along at home. Speaking of which... (laughs) Okay. So, last week it was graduation day, is that right? It was
1: graduation day. Uh,
0: Reappropriated by me as the Diamond Tears of the Produce Section Strangler. Oh, terrible. I take exception of that. (laughs) Terrible. Um, Loads of people getting in touch on this one. Right. Uh, Andy McEwen. Hope, the head cheerleader's grades are low, and fearing not graduating, breaks into the dean's office to steal the answers to pass the big test. But when she starts a fire, she frames Toborg, the exchange student that doesn't speak any English. <laughs> now, with graduation a week away and people closest to Hope being killed by a mysterious axe murderer, will Hope come clean about the fire, or will she take it to her grave, which could be sooner than expected in 1969's Shattered Hope? <laughs>
1: I quite like that. <laughs> it's pretty good there. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. poor um, Toborg.
0: I know, poor Toborg. Collateral damage. Um, <laughs> Kevin Matthews. Straight A student Nikki Booker Glory starts to worry when corpses pile up in her high school at the same time as she starts to have blackouts. Ooh. Could she be putting too much pressure on herself? Is she feeling too pressurized from her ever horny Latin boyfriend, Randy Machu Picchu? <laughs> <laughs> or is there something very wrong with the recently widowed janitor, Benny Felcher? The bodies keep piling up Nikki keeps filling up her class timetable Randy keeps filling up Nikki's energy drinks with homemade hypno. Christ And Benny keeps filling up large refuse sacks with forms that seem to resemble chopped up body parts and this attempt by the BBC to get a piece of the teen slasher pie with their misguided melding of a beloved TV show and plenty of genre tropes It's 1989's previously lost gem Grange Kill <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. Guns in Zamo
1: Is that like Hollyoaks After Dark? Yeah Good kill, totally. Or oh, Baywatch nights,
0: yeah. Chris Salt got in touch with one. Sure. Um, I'm,
1: <laughs> I'm not sure if it's okay to say. Right. <laughs> but there's been a few things we've put out on the show where you haven't been uh, entirely comfortable with them being yeah. left in the edit. The, so yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm a little bit. I'm a little
0: bit sketching whether or to read Chris Salt's one or just invite well, people to go into it. Why don't I read it and I'll be responsible? I mean,
1: I mean, like realistically, we're both responsible. Well, I do the edits, so if it's someone else's words coming out of my mouth and then left in the edit, then it falls entirely on me, surely. I'll do it. Right, okay.
0: Academically unremarkable janitor Dwight Bad Curtains is a figure (laughs) of fun to the smart kids of Pinchwater College. But things change when he discovers a strange antique mirror in the history department basement. A mirror with the power to predict their grisly murders at the hands of seven mysteriously stunted figures wielding axes. Ignored by the authorities he must try to solve the mystery for himself but thinking doesn't come so easy for some people. Mired in legal difficulties since its release, it's 1985's politically incorrect dwarf exploitation misfire slowed white.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's fine.
0: (laughs) Tagline, mirror mirror on the wall who's the deadest of them all? (laughs) That was fine. Okay, good, good. I'm glad you think so. And Tony Constantinou. Oh, okay, here we go. When neurotic mobile house cleaner Bunty Flash arrives home <laughs> after yet another exhausting day on her feet scrubbing manky toilets, she discovers an angry facsimile from the England Revenue, saying she's failed to submit her tax return in time. Oh, no. Desperate to rectify this oversight, but delirious with hunger, she hastily eats a month-old pack of uncooked sausage from her fridge. Now, as the night draws in and food poisoning begins to take hold, Bunty's paranoia runs wild as she suspects that Inland Revenue is coming for her. Could Bundy be cracking under the pressure of work compounded with the effects of rotten sausages, or has the taxman really got an axe to grind? Only with the convenient help of the spectacled trainees accountant and amateur psychologist flatmate Bertram Suspect can Bundy... So- <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. Can Bunty solve this mind baffling mystery? <laughs> director Roger Beefclapped. <laughs> <laughs> Dir- director Who? Dir-
1: what are
0: you saying? What once have you said? Right. Only with the convenient help of bespectacled trainee accountant and amateur psychologist flatmate Bertram Suspect sure. can, Bunt- can Bunty solve this mind-baffling mystery and director Roger Beefclaps <laughs> incomprehensible 1986 slasher sequel Taxes of Evil 2 The Taxman Cometh Just another tale of... Yes! Self employed cleaners, out of date wieners, barking dogs from brushing bogs, unreasonable faxes, <laughs> unfinished taxes, bad hallucinations, mad revelations, brainiacs with glasses, and maniacs with axes.
1: <laughs> That's fucking amazing! <laughs>
0: And those would be the highlight reel from wow. uh, from this week's Mitch's pitches.
1: Uh, I'm going to give it to Andy McEwen.
0: Andy McEwen shattered hope. Yeah, yeah. And fine, I'm going fine to give choice. the
1: best character name to uh, the beef club, <laughs> the Roger Beef <laughs> Club. Roger Beef Club. Yeah, it's
0: pretty tremendous, isn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Done. So with that, um, I guess it's another. Uh, can we do this? <laughs> Uh, the image this week. Oh, really? Uh, okay, okay, Yeah. So, um, what the hell? It's on its way to you. It's okay. on its way to okay. you now. Let's see, let's see. <laughs> let's see what you make of this. Oh, my. Okay. So, the background of this
0: image <laughs> is either a setting sun or an explosion.
1: Sure. <laughs> could be either. Certainly given the foreground.
0: A, a massive orange and yellow um, and then a cloud of billowing smoke. Uh, we have two men, one of whom is kind of like, kind of almost wearing like sheriff's attire. Uh, with uh, sunglasses and a kind of Stetson kind of hat and a gun uh, standing on top of an, of, a, of a kind of Jeep. Sure. Uh, I believe that the brand is a Lucas Jeep, from what I can tell you. <laughs> All um, the lights are. His, his colleague is um, standing there also. He is also holding a, a larger gun. He has got a sleeveless shirt on and uh, also a neckerchief. Um, both men are Caucasian. Um, Though, yeah, they're standing on the roof of a jeep, um, and uh, strapped to the front of a jeep is a woman in a state of some undress. Ha <laughs> ha! Uh, yeah, she has got um, kind of fairish hair, and yeah, she's um, she's not wearing very much clothes, and she's tied to the grill of the jeep. <laughs> sure. Um, I believe that that is everything uh, for the most part. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Right. I will, as ever, need but a moment. Okay. <laughs>
1: think this image is problematic
0: um I am go. I'm gonna pitch it in a way that makes it
1: not <laughs> okay <laughs> I mean I think it is I mean leave it with me I don't know if it's any more problematic than the image from its seminoid though it's very
0: true it's very true <laughs> yeah Mitch's pitch is generally not a bastion of good taste
1: no 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 how's it going anyway over there are you nearing completion oh that sounds really weird almost there uh-huh. <laughs> um yeah I've got it right okay all right okay
0: a woman is kidnapped by two sadistic young men who tie her to the grill of their jeep and embark on a killing spree through the sleepy town of Shambler's Deep. However, after driving through a puddle of nuclear waste...
1: I nearly did a take at Shambler's Deep. <laughs>
0: However, after driving through a puddle of nuclear waste, their thrill-seeking takes an unexpected turn, uh-huh. when the woman somehow becomes one with the vehicle... now an indomitable automobile automaton she embarks on a voyage across the city with her two captors turned hostages right in their wrongs with explosive consequences it's 1977's sci-fi revenge road movie The Rampage of Marsha Law, The Great Vehicular Woman
1: (laughs) that sounds fucking amazing, thanks Thanks. what did you say? 77 alright okay, a, a bit later on than that um, and this was a film I didn't actually know about until fairly recently. Um, and I have since watched now, uh, given that it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. Um, so we're going back to 1986.
0: Right. You know, was born.
1: The, I know the image perhaps uh, belies the date. Okay.
0: Um, <laughs> I thought you were, were going to be like, it's, it belies the film and just be like, <laughs> it was the remains of the day. <laughs> it's uh action thriller. Fair game. Fair game, I see. Okay, and uh, tell me a little bit about fair game.
1: So this is coming from this week's synopsisizer, Frank Fobb. Okay, Frank, lay it on me. <laughs> oh no, DB. A young woman running a wildlife sanctuary in the Australian outback is in for trouble when she is confronted by three kangaroo hunters. Oh my. Bored with killing kangaroos, they decide to kill the animals in the sanctuary. And when they see how attractive the owner is, they decide to have a little fun.
0: With oh Christ! Okay.
1: Turns out that they may get a bit more fun than they bargained for. Oh, I see. Okay, and you've seen this one? Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime now. Yep. And uh, gets- I hadn't heard anything about it. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> Yeah. Not bad? I kind of enjoy that, yeah. yeah. Cool, cool. Um, it's like, uh, like wake and fright meets uh, I spit on your grave. Oh, for Christ's sake. Right, okay. <laughs> when you put it
0: like that, how can I review? It sounds like a fun Sunday. Um, that concludes Mitch's Pitches for this week. Of course, that image is everywhere. Yeah. Um, get pitching. Can you top the rampage of martial law? <laughs>
1: I like that it sounds like martial law. Ah, you see what I tried yeah, to do there. Clever. Um, okay,
0: so um, a couple of things to get through. Actually, a couple of things that I want to touch on.
1: Okay.
0: Um. So. Uh, touch away. Uh, so, so first up, uh, we did mention earlier that uh, this week we saw the premiere of the full trailer for It Chapter Two, which is coming out the first week of September.
1: Yeah, much more impressed with the full trailer than I was with the the whole scene with Beverly one.
0: Uh, I think I think this looks great. I've got at this point no reason to believe that this won't be really good. No, 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 I'm 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 all in. Yeah, I mean, I'm I a mean, vocal supporter of the first one. I thought it mm-hmm. was fucking brilliant. Um, I also think that I was a little bit cold on the idea of casting name actors as the adults. Sure, sure. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of, like the little bits I've seen, kinda, I feel a little bit better about that as well. I like the fact that it seems like they're keeping the kids um, in it. There are obviously going to be some flashbacks or something. Right. Uh-huh. Um, because I think that a lot of the thing that worked, and one thing that I think that it Chapter 1 did that the miniseries didn't, was that I thought the dynamic between the kids was much better, yeah. so I think that finding a kind of avenue to keep that in this one I think is a is a great idea. I think that some of the set pieces look really scary. There's some great Pennywise stuff in the trailer. Yeah, I'm, I'm really buzzing for this.
1: As far as a, a film about an intergalactic child-eating timeless clown yeah. can be, uh, I actually thought there's some really cool fantastical-looking stuff in the trailer. Yeah. It looks like it veers a little more into fantasy territory at times. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I think it looks pretty good. Actually.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, One thing I do want to touch on though, an announcement that came towards the back end of this week. In fact, I think it was Thursday, I want to say. We have two new Halloween films coming. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yes, uh, inevitably, uh, the story of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode is not over following the massive, predictable financial success of the reboot um, that we saw last year. The direct sequel... Yeah. To the original that we saw last year from David Gordon Green and Danny McBride. So, Halloween for the next two years.
1: Yeah, Halloween kills and then Halloween ends.
0: Okay, so I will obviously, obviously watch them. Yeah. I am not enthused about any more of these, particularly.
1: Nor am I. Um, No, I'm not. uh, I mean, you can go back and listen to our episode where we talked about Halloween. Um, yeah, at least in the with at Preston, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I didn't particularly like the reboot coming for the guy who's got it sat on his shelf in uh, 4K. Uh, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't massively love it. I I, I wanted to desperately love it and I was a little disappointed. Yeah, it didn't do a hell of a lot for me either. Um, I am at a loss as to comprehend how Michael Myers survives that fire. We'll see. Um,
0: I also want to touch on the fact that I think that Halloween Kills is a terrible name for a film for this franchise.
1: Yeah, I think it worked for the sequel to Machete. (laughs) Yeah, but that's because
0: the character was called Machete.
1: (laughs) Halloween Kills. (laughs)
0: So yeah, um, I'm not even going to say cautiously optimistic about this. Like I say, I'll see them, but I just find it difficult to drum up any particular enthusiasm for this at this
1: point. Yeah, I, I mean, they're filming back to back, aren't they? That
0: like, would make sense. Yeah, I believe,
1: yeah. I believe that's the case.
0: Um, but yeah, but so but a couple of big things in the wider news world this week then that I thought we would be remiss to not touch on.
1: Well, we've done that.
0: Though, yeah, so. and um, moving swiftly on then to the streaming platforms this week, the odd thing... Okay. Not the absolute embarrassment of riches that we had last week, Sure, but um, Sky Cinema, July 28th. They have got The Possession of Hannah Grace, which okay. uh, did the rounds in cinemas earlier on this year. I can kind of mixed reports about it, but if you want to check that out, that's available from the 28th. I haven't seen it. Um, Netflix from the 26th, got two things coming there. Um, first up, we've got um, a Filipino production called Eerie. The synopsis there, when his suicide rattles an all-girls Catholic school, a clairvoyant leans on a ghost to uncover the convent's <laughs> abusive past.
1: <laughs> Sold.
0: Yeah, and uh, July 26th. Also, an Argentinian one, a thriller called The Sun*. That's uh, S-O-N. Right, sure. Psychological thriller where painter Lorenzo's life spirals out of control when he begins to fear that his wife is trying to isolate him from their infant son. Argentinian genre cinema. This sounds like a really wanky thing to say, but Argentinian genre cinema tends to do it for me.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, in
0: fact Argentine cinema, cinema in general okay. tends to take my boxes I'll probably make time to check the sun out um, uh, for that reason I'm going to call that the pick of the week this week okay nothing else uh, that was the best I could find Amazon Prime lagging um, once again wow <laughs> and uh, Shudder has some stuff but not in the UK
1: Okay, that's that's fine. Thank you very much for that, Mitch. That's very enlightening. No and, problem. And mercifully brief. Yeah, I'm, uh, <laughs> moving
0: swiftly on then to All You Need to Know for episode 63, which is coming your way this Friday. Yeah. We are uh, sticking with the Fry Fest theme, kind of.
1: Well, in that I, I think that's a stretch.
0: He's in one of the films. Right. And also, this is the first time, so it's a returning guest. Yeah. But um, it's the first time that it's a returning guest that has come to us with a pitch for an episode. Yeah. So uh, earlier on, uh, a couple of weeks ago actually, um, this man got in touch and said, I think that it would be really fun to talk about this film. So we had a little chat about it and we decided we are going to do it and it's going to be this Friday. So you know this man as the writer, director and star of Dementia Part 2, also from Beyond the Gates and he is in the upcoming Fright Fest selection, Bliss.
1: He also loves Halloween Part 6.
0: Sure does. It's Mr. Matt Mercer returning to the show.
1: Yeah, Matt's coming back with a fucking amazing film, by the way. Uh, one that will no doubt come under some flack for doing. Oh, why? Because it's awesome. All oh, right, okay, okay. Right. Um, but what I would say is it certainly falls into the underseen camp. Okay. And should be seen by everyone. Okay, okay. Tell me more. Um, we're going back to the hazy days, and, and I mean hazy because uh, I was up to some stuff back then, but we're going back <laughs> to 1999 for Antonia Burt's Ravenous.
0: Ravenous, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, Obviously, it. inevitably have not seen it.
1: That's fucking good. Cool,
0: I will find out for myself this Friday when Matt Mercer joins us once again to talk Ravenous. Yeah. So how are you feeling about that? You want to get in touch and uh, let us know how you feel about that or anything else we've been talking about today? There's loads of ways you can do that. Facebook and Instagram, we're Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us as well at StrongViolentPC. You can also email us if the mood takes you at scenes at gmail.com. Very sexy. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, okay, so loads of places you can listen. I have only today noticed that Stitcher seems to only have like seven or eight episodes up just now. Weird. I don't know what's going on there. I will look into that. In the meantime, if you want to patch them, you can listen to us on iTunes or Spotify, providing they're playing ball with our episodes. <laughs> uh, or indeed, our home ever-reliable, uh, Podbean. Yeah,
0: yeah. They they have the biggest hit rate of getting it 100% right. <laughs> Every week, without fail. Without fail. We love Podbean. Yeah, we yeah. sure do. We love I love the fact that this is now becoming its own little feature on the show where you pick one of the other ones and slag them off. <laughs>
1: Until Podbeer are the only ones that will have it.
0: We now return to And Another Thing with Andy Stewart. <laughs> so Matt Mercer joins us this Friday to talk ravenous. Join us then if you can. In the meantime, don't forget, it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds. Goodbye.
1: Bye.